You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. See, the gospel is an objective truth. Yes, faith is a subjective thing, but it's faith in an an objective reality that you can investigate. You can put it under the microscope. You can test out the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This is not how you concoct some off-the-radar, crazy, cuckoo kind of spiritual movement that you want to start. If you want to start a new spiritual movement, trust me, you are not going to base it on some objective reality. No, you're going to base it on some subjective thing that happened to you probably all alone. You know, I was walking through the woods one day, and in the middle of the forest, there was a chest of drawers that appeared in the middle of the forest. And I opened the third drawer from the chest of drawers, and there were five candelabras in the drawer and and a set of matches. And I put the candelabras on the top of the chest of drawers and I lit the candle flames. And when I did, the birds started singing in the key of C. The leaves instantly changed color and began to fall all around me. And I knew in that moment, I am God. And we are the people of the light. And so the secret chest of drawers, which I know where it is, of course, and can lead you to, if you'll follow me out into the forest on the third Tuesday of every leap year. Every wacko spiritual movement is based on a subjective I heard, I saw, I know, only I know, I got the secret code, I know the secret thing, I was there and saw and understood everything, therefore everyone should follow me. Jesus, not like that. Jesus says, all of this faith is resting on an event that happened in the wide open spaces. It's an event that can be proved and tested by any means of investigation or legal process. It is a fact that is a part of history. And if it's not real, trust me, we're going to know that by now. But if it is real, we're going to see that as well. And I'm telling you it's real because the carpenter from Nazareth has changed the destiny of nations and people and generations because it is factual. And if you were in this moment, you could just go talk to the 500 people. Isn't that awesome? That God isn't asking you to put your eternal hope in some midnight forest moment that nobody knows about. But he's asking you to investigate the very claims he's making here through Paul. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. Roman soldiers were there because they were a part of the process. He was buried and raised on the third day, according to to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter. You would expect that. To the 12, you would expect that. To 500 at the same time. That was awesome. But then look at verse 7. Then he appeared. Are you ready? What does it say? To James. Then to all the apostles. And last of all, Paul says he appeared to me. Can you imagine the meeting between Jesus and his brother? <laughs> Anybody have a brother? Never had that brother tell you, 
I told you. Can you imagine this meeting? He, he does appear to 500 and he appears to the 12. And yes, he appears to Peter, but then he says, I got to go find James. I guarantee you James wasn't looking for him. But he was looking for James. And can you imagine when he finds him? Hey, what's up? Scars. What were you saying? Oh, why don't you go up to Jerusalem, bro, and get in the big lights of Jerusalem. You are such a Messiah. They can't wait to have you there. I remember when you came to that guy's house, and you're like, he's crazy. Remember all that? <laughs> but that's not what happened in this meeting. You're like, tell us about the meeting. Ah, not there. Well, what can we infer? Well, we can infer that the scoffer became the pillar of the church. We can infer the, he's out of his mind, became, he's the son of God. And we know this by the evidence of the historians that in 62 AD, only 30 years roughly after Jesus was raised from the dead, James was a martyr for the faith being stoned because of his commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how do you go from being a scoffer to a servant, from being somebody who wants to distance yourself from the claims of your brother to someone who claims, I'm a servant, not just of God, but I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you get there? I think you get there when he appears to you alive from the dead and two things become instantly, overwhelmingly true. Number one, the factual nature of his resurrection is undeniable. He's standing right in front of me. But secondly, the reason for his resurrection is now clear. And I can imagine Jesus saying to James, you know, when I was trying to tell you that day, remember that day we were sitting uh, out by the lake and I was trying to tell you that this was God's way of bringing man to him. I was trying to tell you that it all looked kind of crazy, but the reason I didn't look like dad was because I was born of a virgin. And I was trying to explain to you that the only way to get to God wasn't to keep doing the same religious things over and over and over and over again. It was God making a, a final and one-time sacrifice, and it was going to be me. And I was trying to explain that to you, and you're like, you're crazy, man. You're out of your mind. I don't know what you're talking about. This is what I was talking about. And James, it was for you. Yeah, we, we grew up around the same table, and for those two years, we slept in the same bed together, and we ran up and down the same streets and played in the same fields, and... But this was the plan all along, and James got it. Resurrection is real, but the resurrection is for me. That I could have a way to God. This guy that grew up in my house, I call him my brother, but I am not his brother. He is from God through my mother. And he is my bridge. To forgiveness and a life with God. James got saved. He got radically transformed. You know those people? Not the ones who grew up in 
vacation Bible school and all the way up, and I've loved Jesus all my life. I've just always loved Jesus. I don't know when I really put my faith in him because I've just always loved him and always been a Christian and always had my first little baby Bible when I was born, and I still have it, by the way. You want to see it? I've still got it. Look, it's the baby Bible. And then you meet those other people who are like, oh, man, let me tell you, man, I was a mess, man. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was crazy. I was down in a hole. I was out of it. And God came and he saved my life. And look at me now. I am alive. I am sane. I have a family now. This is unreal. Jesus changes everything. This is a crazy story. This is phenomenal. This is amazing. I got saved. I got saved. And we're like, hey, chill, bro. You got like all of eternity to be excited. <laughs> James got saved. He got saved. When he had an encounter with Jesus, he got saved. Therefore, he opens his letter and he doesn't say, hey, it's James. You know me. I'm the big bro. Grew up in the same house with a Messiah. No, he says, I'm a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. A shift happened for me. It was pretty radical. It's like what happens to all of us according to Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He had a powerful and personal moment of transformation, not simply by information, but by an encounter with the risen Jesus. And that kind of encounter changes everything. It's not him or you or me trying to manage the spiritual area of our lives. It's God managing our lives because he, in fact, is the Lord of all. And it's like that famous quote from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think James embodies that. And this book is going to lead us into that kind of thinking. You remember when Susan was trying to figure out the witch? I mean, the lion and the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And she's trying to understand now who, tell me about this lion. And she says, Aslan is a lion? The lion? The great lion? I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He is the king, I tell you. This is the Jesus that James met. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.